this morning to Ezekiel chapter number 12. Ezekiel chapter number 12. And in Ezekiel chapter 12, we'll start reading at verse number 21. Verse number 21. While you're going there, repeat after me. Say, my life, my life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. Now, let's do it one more time with some passion this time. My life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. Amen. Well, Ezekiel chapter number 12 and starting at verse 21, it says, And the Word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the, in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision fell it? Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord, the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, The days are at hand, and the effect of fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain or empty, fruitless vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. Verse 25 says, For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall do what? It shall do what? Come to pass. And it shall be no more prolonged or delayed. For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it. I will say the word and will perform it saith the Lord God. So we're teaching from this subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. And we've been talking about getting away from this fear that the visions that God has given you, uh, your harsh desire, your dreams that you have, or even words that you've received from God, getting away and moving away from that fear that those things are not going to manifest, that they're not going to come to pass. Well, this is actually volume number two of the fear of unfulfilled vision, lesson number seven. And we're teaching from this subtopic of the principles of vision, the principles of vision. And we said that the objective is to equip you and I in faith and wisdom and get us focused in fulfilling our dreams and manifesting the visions of our hearts. Now, we have learned thus far that there are principles of vision. Say there are principles of vision. Say it again, there are principles of vision. Now, and the thing about these principles of vision, they require our cooperation. If we're ever going to see the manifestation or the fulfillment of our own dreams and visions and things that have been stored away in our heart. So, with that in mind, then we've concluded then that not knowing or not understanding those principles can be a major obstacle to unfulfilled vision or it become, becomes a major obstacle uh, to the hindrance, to things that hinder uh, my vision from coming to pass, your vision from coming to pass, uh, seeing our dreams become a reality, not knowing or not understanding those principles. So. Today, I want to start by giving you what I call uh, the devastating power in not knowing. The devastating power in not knowing. 
turn to Matthew's chapter 22, and in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 22, uh, we're going to see that, that it's devastating to not know something, that, that we can miss it in life. We could be completely off base just by a lack of knowledge or not having understanding pertaining to a particular area of our lives. And while you're going there, I want to give you some reference scriptures. Uh, one of them is found in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. You can just write it down. And in Hosea chapter 4 and 6, it says that my people are what? Destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. So I understand then that when I lack knowledge, I have opened my life to destruction. That I give destruction access into my life when I lack knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So I can protect myself from what would normally destroy others if I gain knowledge, when I have knowledge. Another passage of Scripture you can write down is 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Lest Satan should get the advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Satan, he takes advantage of us through ignorance. That if I'm ignorant of, of his devices, ignorant of his plans, ignorant of how he does what he does, then he can, I can be at a disadvantage and he have the advantage. How many know you don't want to be in that place with the devil? You give him, you give him the advantage and you at a disadvantage, he'll most definitely take it. Amen? And then the last scripture I want to give you is Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 13. And in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, My people are gone into captivity, bondage. Why? Because they have no knowledge. So we know then that the end result of lack of knowledge, the end result of a lack of understanding is going to be bondage. It's going to be captivity. You're not going to be able to maximize where you are in life. You're going to feel that you're at a disadvantage. You're going to feel that destruction lies at the door, and you're going to feel like you are trapped, that you are in this, this bondage or this captivity. So in verse number 29 of Matthew chapter 22, uh, we'll see Jesus here making a statement, and it's a powerful statement that he makes. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err. Ye do err. You, you miss it. You, err means to go astray. It means to wander about or it means to move about, now watch this, without a definite purpose or vision that you just, you just kind of wander. You roam, you move about without a definite vision, without a definite purpose. Now, now why is that, Jesus? Not knowing. Not knowing. Now, he says two things, not knowing the Scripture or not knowing the power of God. So he's letting them know, regardless to what the not knowing is connected to, Still, when you don't know, you will err. You ever, you ever erred, made a mistake, or messed up and said, well, I didn't know? Well, I didn't know. Well, just because you don't know, the impact of the error or the mistake does not, you know, does not stay away from you because you didn't know something. Just because you didn't know, it's still coming. The impact of it, the result of it is still going to creep into your life by your not knowing. But Jesus said, you err not knowing. So when you don't know, you will miss it. When you don't know, you will err. You can't, you can't shoot at a goal 
if you don't know where the goal is. Come on. Well, look at it in the Message Bible. I love what the Message Bible says. He says, if you don't have a message, just look up on, on the screen. Look what he said. Jesus answered, you're off base on two accounts. Now, what are the two accounts? Now, now, watch this. You don't know. You don't know what? Your Bibles, and you don't know how God works. Jesus said the reason you're missing it in life and, and the reason you're off base is because you don't know. So when you don't know, you're going to be off base. And the two accounts, he says here, not knowing your Bible, not knowing the Word of God, and not knowing how God works. That's why the Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness or His way of doing things. When you don't know God's way of doing something, when you don't know how God works, when you talk about the works of God, I, I like this term, you're talking about the acts of God. Not knowing how God acts, not knowing how God responds, not knowing God's M.O., not knowing how God does what He does. Yes, God does open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, but when you don't know what it takes for him to do that, you're going to be off base where that's concerned. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? So he says here, so I want you to see that when you don't know, it's, it's always to your disadvantage when you don't know. Let me make this statement to you. The devil is not your greatest enemy. Your greatest enemy is your ignorance. Say it again, because, see, the devil has to be given a place. He can't just take a place. That's why he has the seek whom he may devour. Amen. The Bible said he goes about as a roaring lion. He said, but resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So he's not your worst enemy. Your worst enemy is going to be your ignorance or your, your lack of knowledge. We don't like that word ignorant, ignorance, but lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Same thing. So, so vision is a clear conception of something that is not yet a reality but can exist. It is not yet a reality but something that can exist. It is also a function of the heart and not of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart and not of the eyes. So, so with that, don't ever let what your eyes see determine what your heart believes. Why? Because vision is not a function of the eyes. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. See, sight, physical sight, is the ability to see things as they are. But vision is the ability to look past the way things are and see them as they could be. Amen? So if you, if you walk by sight, if you walk by what you see, you're going to be limited. But when you walk by vision and what's in your heart, then th th there are no limitations. Amen? Amen. So not knowing the, uh, uh, understanding the principles of vision, and, and we are on principle number six. We have been talking about these different principles, and I've been doing my best and making sure that you get an understanding so that your visions can come to pass. Your dreams can come to pass. They can become a reality. So number one is being clear in your vision, being clear in your vision. Number two is know your potential for fulfilling vision. 
that there's potential on the inside of you to fulfill the vision that God has given you. Number three is possess the passion for vision. You got to possess a passion for vision. You should be the most passionate about your vision, about your dream. You can't expect people to be more excited about your stuff than you are. You need to be your biggest cheerleader. Amen? Number four, principle number four, is develop a plan for your vision. What's your plan? God works with a plan. And then number five is develop or activate your faith for your vision. Develop or activate your faith for your vision. So let's pick up here with number six, and this is what we're going to talk about today, and that is understanding the process of vision. Understanding the process of vision. That everything in life requires a process. Now, you're going to get so blessed today because uh, we, we, I think we despise process. See, we want to go, we want to go to, but we don't want to go through. We just want to get to the big house. We just want to get to the expensive car. We just want to get to more than enough. We just want to get to a happy marriage relationship, but we don't want to go through. Amen. Amen. But life is about process. And if you're going to go, if you're going to get to what God's promised you, what God's planned for you, you're going to have to go through. Amen. 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 So tell the person that says, say, toughen up. up. Tell them, say, endure hardness hardness. like a good soldier soldier. and go and go through. through. Amen. 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 You know, we'd be in bad shape if the soldiers that's out there fighting for this country, you know, the enemy get to shooting at them and throwing missiles, and they come running back, talking about, they, they shooting at us. They, they, I, didn't, I didn't know it was going to be all that, you know. No, you got you to gotta endure. The Bible says endure hardness like a good soldier. Like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we should endure hardness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. And in Habakkuk chapter 2, He's talking about vision here, and, you know, a lot of times we use this when we talk about corporate vision, in particular here in the confines and the context of our local assembly, this local church, but when you read Habakkuk chapter 2, I don't want you to just see it from corporate vision, but I want you to see it from the aspect and the point of view of your own personal vision, the thing that God has put in your heart. So he says, verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain, upon tables that he may run that readeth it, for the vision is yet far an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now let's personalize this. Verse 2, And the Lord answered me. I'm I'm talking about me now, me. And and so you you have to see yourself in the word. And the Lord answered me and said, write your vision and make your vision clear that they may run that read your vision. Your vision is for an appointed time. There's a time appointed for your vision to come into full manifestation. He says, but at the end, your vision will speak. You got to see this talking to you now. At the end, your vision will speak, 
and it will not lie. Though your vision tarries, wait for it. Don't, don't abandon it. Don't give up on it. Though it tarries, wait for it. Why should I wait? Because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. Now, you have to see that as God talking to you, that he's encouraging you. Now, folks, if, if vision manifestation was, let me say this, vision manifestation is simple, but it's not easy. And if, if that were not so, we wouldn't have to be encouraged to wait on it. For him to encourage you to say, wait on it, though it tarry, you know, though it's delaying. See, the scripture understands that, okay, it's delayed, but though it's delayed, you keep waiting on it. Why? Because it will surely come, and it won't be late. That whenever it show up, it's going to be right on time. Now, even though it may not be in your time, but when it gets there, it's going to be right on time. In, 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 you know, according to all that God has going on. See, you're not the only one God doing something for. You're not, the only, you're not the only plane in the sky. Yeah. So you got to listen to the air traffic controller. Amen. 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 Now, now listen carefully. Say process. process. Say it again, process. process. Now, God has plans for your life. God has promises for your life. God has purpose for your life. God has provisions for your life. But now, although he has all of these things for our life, God has little to nothing at all to say about the process to getting us to those things. God has a plan for your life. Sure he does. And it's a good plan. And you see that good plan in the Scripture, in the Word of God, but what you don't see is the process that you're going to have to go to just to get to that good plan. Amen. Yes, He has promises in the Word of God for you, but what you don't see is the process you're going to have to go through. Now, why? Well, I come to realize that if God were to let us in on the process, we'd say, forget it. <laughs> forget it. If I have to go through all that, just to have a good marriage? Forget it. <laughs> if I have to go through all that just to be debt-free, budget and all that, if I got to, forget it. I don't want it. If I have to go through all of that to live out your plan for my life, then, then just forget it. I don't want to go through that process stuff. And, and that's what we run away from, and, and that's where we get discouraged. We get discouraged during the process. And when we get discouraged during the process, then we end up casting our faith away, throwing away our confidence, and then the thing that God promised us, it never manifests because we gave up during the process. Amen. 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 You can have whatever you want, but it's going to cost you. You're going to go through something. You're going to go through a process. You can have as many as you want, but there's going to be process involved. You can have the most wonderful marriage anybody has ever seen. I guarantee you, it's going to cost you something. Amen. You can have wonderful kids. They never get into anything. Everybody just speaks so highly of your kids and all that. Your kids are just a blessing everywhere they go. You can have kids like that. 
going to be a process to getting them now because every child has foolishness bound up in their heart according to the word of God. The Bible said the child have foolishness bound up in his heart, but the rod of correction will drive it far away from it. So that you, go, you, you can have them. You can have them because your kids ain't no different than nobody else's kids. But, but that's going to be a process to getting them to that place where they are uh, mighty in the earth. The Bible says your kids should be mighty in the earth. They can get there. They can get there. They can get there. But that means you're going to have to be there. You're going to have to be watching them. You're going to have to be listening to them. You're going to have to be training. You can't be dropping them off at Big Mama House. That means you're going to be taking care of your business and your responsibility. You can't be putting them off on somebody else, letting them spend a night over here and spend a night over there because you don't want to be bothered with them. That ain't how you're going to get there. You have to go through a process. You can have whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. Yeah. You know, you can have whatever you like, but it's, it's going to be a process that you're going to have to go through. <laughs> Let's go to Numbers chapter 21. <laughs> now, where pastor hit that at? Probably the same place you heard it. <laughs> you playing me. <laughs> I think I was at your house when I heard that. <laughs> Proverb, I mean, uh, Numbers 21 and verse number 4. Now watch this. And they journeyed. Now this is the children of Israel. Remember God had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. In the Hebrew, that phrase, milk and honey, means sweet abundance. So God had promised them this place of sweet abundance, where everything was just wonderful. That's what he promised them. But now watch this now. It says here, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much what? Discouraged. Why? Because of the way. They did not like the way that God had chosen for them to go. They didn't like the process. They didn't, they didn't like that way. And there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is destruction. So God has a way that he's going to lead you. He has a way that he's going to lead you. If you look in the Amplified, the Amplified say they became impatient. They became impatient. They became depressed. They, they were much discouraged. Now watch this. Because of the trials of the way. Oh, it's all that stuff that they had to go through that caused them to become discouraged. And how many of us, we know what God promised us, we know what's in our heart, we know the dreams that we have, but we become discouraged because of the trials of the way. What it's going to take to get us there. Now watch what happens here in, in verse, look at verse, number, verse 5. So now they're discouraged. God show, they, they know the land is exactly what God said it was. Because they brought back evidence. They brought back fruit, and it's just like God said. But now look this in verse number 5. And the people spake what? Against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up, brought us up, brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. There is no bread, there is no water, and our souls laughed at this bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel, what? 
died. Here are three things I want to point out to you. When you get discouraged in the process, you start speaking against your dream. You start talking against your dream. You used to speak for it. Now you're talking against it. You talk against your dream, you talk against your, your desire, that thing you wanted for years. Now because things are not going right, it's not happening like you thought it was going to happen. It's not happening as fast as you thought it was. Now, now rather than talking for it, you're speaking against it. You're speaking against the marriage. You used to speak for the marriage. But now you've become discouraged during the process, so now you speak against the marriage. You speak against the kids. You speak against that job. Why? Because you're discouraged along the process. You don't like the way. You don't like the way. And because you don't like the way, you start talking against it. The second thing that I want you to see is that you start talking about what you don't have now. Well, you know, I did want it, but, you know, I don't have this and I don't have that. Well, you know, yeah, we, yeah, we wanted to do this, but, you know, we, we just don't have that. But, see, you was doing all that fake talk about what you were believing for and where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do and where you wanted your life to end up, but because you had some trials along the way, now you're speaking against it, and now the only thing you're exalting is what you don't have. Yeah. Amen. And the Bible said God sent fiery serpents among the people. The serpents bit the people, and they died. And so many of us, our desire has died. Our vision has died. That dream has died. That thing we were so passionate about, it has died now. We don't even, con we don't even concern ourselves. We've buried that. Oh, we've moved on. Well, you know, I, you know, I ain't doing that no more. Well, you know, see, we, it has died. It has died. Why? Simply because we got discouraged along the way. We didn't like the trials. We like what he promised, but I don't like these problems I got to go through to get to what he promised. Now, the Bible says that, that, that God made known, according to Psalm, that God made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Now, what does that mean? What that means is that God, he, he showed Moses his way. Moses knew how God worked. Moses knew how God did what he did. He understood how to get God to do certain things. He knew God's way. The children of Israel, they just knew the acts. And that's what happened with a lot of people today. They just see the acts. They see the end result. They just see what God does in a person's life, but they don't know the process, how the person had to do, what the person had to do in order to get to where they are. We just see the acts. We see somebody with a good marriage, and we, ooh, that's what I want. But see, when you don't know the ways of, when you just know the acts, you see the big house, you see all of these things, you see somebody owning their own business, and you, ooh, that's what I want. See, God can do it. He can do it. But see, you don't want to go through the process because you don't know what it costs that person to be where they are. Yeah. You don't know the ways of God. Success in any area of your life is going to cost you. If you're not willing to pay, get success off your mind. Yeah. 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 Just, just decide 
to fail. Because if you're going to succeed in business, in your career, in marriage, in ministry, in raising your children, it is going to cost you. You are going to have to go through. God is not going to just give you a good marriage relationship. He is not just going to give you a successful business. He is not just going to give you a thriving ministry. It just doesn't happen like that. You have to qualify. You got to go through. You got to prove to God and prove to yourself that you really want that thing. And what we don't want is process. And a lot of people, their visions, their dreams, and their desires are not coming to pass because we dodging the process. We just, we just want to we just want to get that. Here's a principle. Here's a principle. God gradually brings us into what he has for us. God gradually brings us into what he has for us. The Bible says that God orders our steps. He orders our steps. He, do, he, doesn't, order, he doesn't order our leaps. He orders our step. That means step by step. This is how you're going to get there. You're going to get there like this. You ain't going to get there trying to leap there. He's going to order your step. The Bible says that God orders your steps. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 that, that God directs your step, that God is telling you where to go. But see, a lot of times we don't like the way that God chooses. Because, and I'm telling you now that God, he seemed to like the scenic route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he seemed to, to like to see. God ain't in the trails and shortcuts and all that kind of stuff. God seemed to just take the long route around. Why? Because he has purpose in that. The Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. So that means the step that God orders for you, you're going to have to find delight in that way. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. you don't need you thinking that, that God is going to just bring you to a place in life that you desire to be, and you got an attitude with him all the way getting there. God's not like your kids where he's just going to do what you want to do because he don't want you mad with him. Yeah. God could care less about you being upset with him. He orders your steps. He directs your path. The Bible said that it is God, according to Isaiah 48 and verse number 17, that, that God is the teacher of prophet, and he's the one that leadeth us in the way that we should go. God doesn't always carry you the way you want to go, but he will carry you the way that you should go. God know the way that you should go. God know what way is best for you. He know what way is better for you. He know what way is beneficial for you. He know what way is profitable for you, and it may not be the way you want to go, but God is the one that's teaching you to profit and he's going to lead you in the way that you should go. And so God is saying, look, this is the way you should go. Well, Lord, I don't want to go that way. Well, fine, just stay where you are. But if you're going to get to where I got for you, you're going to have to go the way that I've chosen for you. Amen. If you're going to get there, you've got to go God's way. Amen. You know, we, we, you know, we have GPS, navigation systems, and all that stuff in our cars. And one of the things I discovered about the navigation system 
It can tell you to go a certain way. And then, you know, with our own smarts, we'd be like, man, I ain't got the game. I ain't, I ain't got the I, I can go another way. And you go another way, and then the system will catch up with you. God ain't like that. God be telling you to turn left, and you be like, well, I know another way I could go. And you think God going to catch up with you? No, God going to be right back here where he told you to turn left. And you'll be five years later coming back to God. Okay, God, I'm ready to go left now. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And the Bible also says, delight thyself also in him, and he will bring it to pass. God will bring that desire, that vision, that dream to pass when you get excited about the way that he's chosen for your life. Process process. Look at Mark 4, verse 26. Mark 4 and verse number 26, process. God gradually brings you into what he has for you. It don't happen overnight. It don't happen overnight. Verse 26 says, and he says, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth does what? Bring forth fruit of herself. Come on. What else? What else? Say first. Say then. After that. What is that? Process. First, then, after that. First, then, after that. That's, that's process. And that's what God takes us, takes us through. Now, what is process? Process is a series of actions, changes, or functions used to bring about or produce an end or result. It is a series of actions, changes, or functions used to bring about or produce an end or result. What is process? Process is a period used to produce change, growth, development, and preparation. Man, that's good. It's a period used to produce what? Change. What else? Growth. What else? Development and what? So, so when I... When I decline the process, when I decline the process, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up that period in time that is used to bring change in my life. That period in time that is used to grow me. That period in time that is used to develop me. That period in time that is to be used to prepare me for where I'm going. Process Process is not designed to prevent where you need to go. It is designed to prepare you for where you're going. See, you can get there, but are you going to be ready when you get there? See, a man's gifts makes room for him. 
and brings him before the presence of great men. But see, your, your gift can open a door and put you in a room that your character can get you put out of. Yeah. Why? Because you've never got prepared for where you're going. Jesus went through process. Now, if Jesus had to go through process, then how much more we have to go through process? Now, the Bible said that Jesus learned obedience. Now, hold on now. This Jesus we're talking about. This is the Son of God we're talking about. You're exactly right. This is the Son. And so the Scripture makes it clear and points it out by saying, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So even Jesus had to learn to obey. But how did he learn to obey? By the things that he suffered through. Now let's look at something. Go to, go to uh, Hebrews chapter 5. And I want to give you another principle while you're going there, and that is the route prepares you for the destination. The route prepares you for the destination. Now watch this. Hebrews 5 and verse number 8. The route's getting you ready. I said the route's getting you ready. You know, don't, don't despise the route. The route getting you in shape. Yeah. <laughs> Verse number eight says what? Though he were a son, uh-huh. what else? By the things which he suffered. Now, I like what the Message Bible said. The Message Bible says uh, he learned trusting obedience. Because when it talks about the things Jesus suffered, we're not talking about sickness, disease, and, and, and poverty, and all those kind of things, because we don't see him in the scripture suffering those things. We're not talking about that. When we talk about things he suffered, we're talking about things that he just had to go through, things that he encountered, things that he had to deal with. He learned trusting obedience. He learned to trust God. The process teaches you to trust God. The process teaches you that God is your source. The process. And so Jesus, he went through different things in his life. You know, he he dealt with rejection. He dealt with them lying on him. He dealt with all kinds of things, but he never deviated from the will of God because he learned to trust God. And so the things that he suffered, it taught him to trust God. The things he went through, the Bible said Jesus was tempted in all points just like we are. So everything we're tempted with, Jesus was tempted with the same thing, but yet without sin. He never yielded to the sin or the temptation. Why? Because he trusted God. Yeah, I got an opportunity to compromise here, but I'm not going to compromise because I'm trusting God. I'm not going to compromise here. I'm not going to compromise that. I'm not going to do anything illegal. I'm not going to do anything immoral. I'm not going to do anything unethical. Why? Because I'm trusting God. Although this look like it's going to get me ahead and get me to where I want to be, but I'm going to trust God and just do it God's way. So by those things he encountered, he learned to trust God. Before he was able to die, be prepared to die and believe God to raise him from the dead because God told him in three days, I'm going to raise you up. Well, look, ain't no need me believing you're going to raise me up in three days after I'm dead and you ain't proved to do anything for me while I'm alive. But it's because he saw God miraculously feed the 5,000. Because he saw lepers be cleansed. 
Because he saw widowed hands dry up and be healed. Because he saw blinded eyes open. Because he saw lame men walk. He could trust God. It's the things that he encountered that taught him to trust God. And many of us, we never give God an opportunity because we quit when it gets hard. At the first sign of resistance, we give up. See, God shows you his plan, his purpose, his promises, his provision, his promotion. God tell you, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to raise you up, and you're going to have this, and you're going to have that. And you get all excited, and that's just what God wants you. He tells you nothing at all about the process. God showed me where I would be a leader of his people and that he would raise me up to do great things in the kingdom of God. But he forgot to tell me about all the stuff I'd have to go through. He never said anything about that. He never said, you know, yeah, uh, I'm raising you up, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and, and yada, 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 but, you know, f- folk going to lie on you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to call you all kind of names. They're going to they gonna do this, and then I'm going to bless you, and, and you're going to loan folk money, and they ain't going to pay you back. See, if he'd have told me that, I wouldn't have loaned it out. Some, some, some of the main folk you help, them going to be the ones stab you in the back. You're going to go through a drought, a season in your life where everybody's going to abandon you. You're not going to feel love. You're going to be sitting on your bed. You're going to want to commit suicide. You're going to be in the process of getting ready to take your own life. He never said that. You're going to teach my people the word. You're going to teach them how to prosper, teach them how to increase, teach them how to, embe- how to uh, better their lives, and, and you're going to be accused of, of, of being a money grab, and you're just all about money. That's what they're going to be saying about you. He never told me any of that. Because I believe have, if God would let us in on the process, you know what, God, you can get somebody else. I ain't, I ain't doing all that. I ain't, got, I ain't got to go through. My family going to hate me? No, no, no. You can go on, you know. I don't want that. You know, it's just like your husband or your wife. You'd be like, you know, God told me that's my husband. If God would have showed you the process, yeah. you'd have been like, no, I know that ain't my husband right there. No, you've you gone on with that. But see, you, you, had, see you, had, you had to develop through that process because if God, see, God shows you the end result. He don't show you what you got to go through to get there. And if he shows you what you had to go through to get there, you'd be like, forget it, get somebody else. I don't need that drama in my life. You come here and this is the place. Oh, I love this church. I'm telling you, I just love the pastor. And I just love the people. It's just so wonderful. And God never shows you the things you'll encounter here. Look like somebody mistreating your child down in the children's church. You know, I, you know, I, you know. see, and, and had God told you, go to World of Restoration, that's the place of planting for you and your family. Now your child going to get mistreated in the children's church. See, if he'd have told you all that, yeah. you'd be like, I ain't going down there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you listening to me? It is the process that God doesn't let us in on. Because if he lets us in on the process, we'll never start moving toward what he shows us. Amen. Amen. He told you, you know, you, you, he going to give you your own business and all that. And he showed you, you know, whatever kind of business you had. He showed you all these clients and customers, all that. But, you know, you never even saw the bankruptcy before that. Yeah. You never even saw, you know, having to give up everything just to secure the business. Yeah. Yeah. 
You never saw that. You never saw that. If he told you, now you're going to lose everything. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, you never would have started the company. As soon as you told the wife, now we're going to lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she been, well, you ain't starting that business. <laughs> you're going to lose the cars. You're going to lose the house. You're going to get everything repossessed, all that. It, it, had God showed you all of that and told you all of that? You never would have moved, moved toward what he had for you. It's process. Amen? Amen? Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Hurry. Acts chapter 9, verse, verse 15. This is uh, the Apostle Paul. You can't run from the process. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me. Talking about the Apostle Paul, he says, uh, to, to bear my name before the who? Gentiles and who? And kings and even the children of Israel. He says, I'll show him many things that he will, uh, great things that he'll suffer for my name's sake. But now, you know, you tell Paul, Paul, you know, look, I'm going to raise you up, make you a minister of the gospel. You're going to minister to kings. And he'd be like, wow, I get to preach to kings. You know, he putting it in his mind, the king, the palace. I'm going to be in the presence of kings. God called me to be in the presence of kings. But see, what God didn't tell him is all that stuff we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Yeah. Shipwrecked. Yeah. Beaten. Yeah. Robbed. Uh-huh. Fasting. Yeah. By choice and, and not by choice. Yeah. 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 You know what fasting is, not by choice, right? Might as well fast, <laughs> you know. <he? laughs> Might as well. He was robbed, he was shipwrecked, he, he was stoned, he yeah. was beaten. Yeah. If he'd have saw all of that, God would have showed him all of that. He'd be like, no, God, you can get somebody else to stand before the king. I want to stand before the king, but I ain't paying that. Yeah. The folk I'm going to preach to, they're going to stone me. Mm. My God. The ones I'm trying to help, they're going to beat me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be shipwrecked, I'm going to be stuck at sea. No, God, you can get somebody else. Yeah. Because it's process. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Now, here are four things that, that happens along process, four things that ought to be produced along process. While you're going through the process, number one, experience with God. You get experience with God. Not experience with the situation, but experience with God. Say experience with God. Experience with God. <laughs> David, David didn't just fight Goliath. He went through process, lion and the bear. And the lion and the bear prepared him for Goliath. And, and here's, here's the statement. Here's what I love, David, what David said. David said, now although, now think about this, although he had never fought a giant before, but he fought a lion and a bear. But he had never fought a giant. Goliath's jacket weighed 250 pounds. He's standing like nine foot six. And David is getting ready to fight him. But now watch what David said. David said the same God. See, he, he leaned on his experience with God. That although I know I never fought a giant before, but I got the same God. And if the God that delivered me from the paw of the bear, God that delivered me from the paw of the lion, that same God will deliver me from Goliath. So forget about what you face. Just remember who you face it with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so if God brought you out one time, he'll bring you out again. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yes, Thank you, Lord. And it doesn't matter where you are, what yeah. you need. You may need $10,000 today. Yeah. And you've never been faced with a situation like that before, but you remember the 500. And the same God that brought me through then, the same God that gave me the thousand, the same God that gave me the five thousand, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to get the ten thousand dollars. Wow, it's the same God. And it gives you experience with God. You come to learn that God's been with me all the time. When I thought I wasn't going to make it the first time, he was with me. When I thought I wasn't going to make it after that, he was with me. And when you have the same God and you have that experience with God, and that's what process does, it gives you and I experience with God. Amen. 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 So when you run away from the process, you're robbing yourself of experience with God. Amen. Number two, I love number two, character development. Amen. Character development. God's trying to teach you some character. And that's what process does. Why is taking so long? I don't know what you need to learn. Right. Amen. You keep skipping class. You cutting class. The, you know, the truant officer looking for you. You, you don't show up at class. God's trying to develop your character. Think about Joseph. Uh, God developed his character. When Joseph, God showed Joseph where he was going to be in authority and, and he showed him he was going to be sitting on the throne and all of his brothers, even his parents, were going to bow down to him. And so, and after this, now he starts telling everybody what God showed him. God's going to raise me up. I'm going to be like a king and y'all going to bow to me. That's what God said. That's what God showed him. Just a day later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, God never told him, said, look, I'm going to raise you up. And, you know, your brother's going to bow down to you. Your parents going to bow down to you. But look, you're going you're gonna to be cast into a pit. Your, your own brother's going to sell you out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then not only that, but after that, then while you're in this pit, uh, you know, the Israelites, they're going to come along and they're going to get you out of the pit. And then you're going to be so sold as a slave on the auction block. There's going to be a man named Potiphar. He's going he's to purchase you as a slave. He's going to bring you to his house. It's going to look like everything is well, but it's not because then his wife going to lie on you and say you tried to rape her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after she lie on you, they're going to believe the lie and you're going to be in prison. And when you go to prison, we're going to forget all about you. Yeah. You know what, God? You keep that. If I got to go through all that, just to be, just to have them bow down to me, you can keep all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's, a one, it's amazing God don't show you the process. Because yeah. right. if he showed you the process, then you would forfeit the promise. Right. My God. That's right. Yeah. My God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So now, Joseph, he, he goes through character development. He goes through character development because God's trying to develop your character. He's trying to get you to stop lying. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Trying to get you to stop hoeing around. Yeah. Stop laying with this one and laying with that one. God's trying to develop your character. Yeah. Because once you become successful, you're going to throw it all away because you hadn't developed your character. Yeah. Yeah. And so God doesn't want you to have to experience the shame and the embarrassment of falling from up there. So he's trying to develop your character now while you down here. Yeah. 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 
trying to get you to love your husband and love your wife, take care of your children, take care of your responsibility. He's trying to get you to develop some character now. Yeah. Amen. You working for somebody and can't be on time. Why you need your own business? Yeah, yeah. Wow. My God. Character development, trying to get you to develop some integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But see, we don't want to develop our character. Joseph is there. He's second in command in Egypt. And now here come his brothers that sold him out. And they need corn. They need some grain. They need food. Because where they live, there's the famine. But Joseph is living fat. He's prosperous. And he could have said, you know, his brothers come to him. Joseph, we... We, we, need, we need something to eat. <laughs> you do, huh? <laughs> you know I ain't forgot. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I forgive you, but I ain't forgot. <laughs> you want some corn? Want some grain? Bow down. Because that's what I saw in the vision. You bow down. Yeah, you think you can just mistreat me and then come back and ask me for a favor? Now bow down. <laughs> and when you bow, then I'll let you have something. No. Before they even recognize him, and he recognized them. The Bible said he gave him a sack with so much money in it, it scared them. They were afraid. When they saw the money, they were afraid. They had never seen that much money before. And then he revealed and exposed himself and told them who he was. I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. My God. I know it don't look like it because God has blessed me, and when God bless you, where you come from, you don't look like that today. That's why you got to go through the process. See, the bar, the bar, the bar was so sharp. He was so blessed, had so much glory on it. He don't look like the same brother that was in that pit. Why? Because God had exchanged, made the exchange, and gave him beauty for the ashes that he had come out of. And I'm telling you today, that's what God wants to do. He wants to set you up so where you are today don't look like where you come from. You don't look like the same man that was broke. You don't look like the man that was divorced. You don't look like the one that went through. But you got to go through the process. But you got to let him develop your character. How you expect God to perform his word in your life and you won't keep your word? Lying on applications. Cheating on your taxes. You don't want to go through. Well, I might have to pay. Pay! I'd rather pay today than have them folk looking for me five years down the line after everything is all right and they come and wipe me out. Pay, man. I got to pay. That means I made money. See? Character development. We just want to be blessed and loose. Yeah. Just do what we want to do. Yeah. Character development. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, God, that's what process does. Process develops character in you. So the only thing different about you is not the car you drive. That's right. That's right. Amen. 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 
Amen. Amen. Amen. The third thing that process does, and I have one more. Third thing it does, it, it, it produces in you established responsibility. Established responsibility. Process teaches you how to become a good steward. The Bible says if you're not faithful in small, you will not be faithful in much. And then he goes on to say, if you won't be faithful in what belonged to another man, God won't give you your own. Why should God give you your own company and you won't even get to work on time for the man you're working for? Hello? Establish responsibility. You won't keep the apartment nice. Well, it ain't mine. It's dead. No, what you don't understand, when I walk in your house, what I see is a representation of who you are. I don't care if it do belong to somebody else. Because you there, you're going to put some paint on the wall. Because, see, you require more. Amen. You don't get your kids' school supplies from work. They got, they got plenty of them around here. They, they, they ain't going to miss these tablets. Well, y'all write down what y'all need, what y'all going to need. And you around there at work shopping. So you had to learn responsibility. See, if you won't give God $10 off a hundred, you won't give him a hundred off a thousand. And you won't give him a thousand off a ten thousand. But but we want to go to the millionaire status. But you you keep flunking the test at the hundred dollar level. Amen. You want custom clothes, you won't hang off the clothes, the, hang up the ones you got that come off the rack. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amen. Amen. Your treadmill wear that jacket more than you do. <laughs> you know what I mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> Establish response. How do you take care of the company vehicle? Or you just burn the gas out because the company paying for it. How do you take care of the company stuff? How do you take care of what belonged to another man? Because until you're faithful in what belonged to another man, God won't give you your own. So could it be my vision is not coming to pass because I'm not faithful to the man vision that God put in my life? Are you listening to me? Established responsibility. Are you responsible? Because that's what process teaches us. Establish responsibility. God's trying to get you to be responsible. You can't be slack and slothful when you're in leadership, when you're owning your own. Amen. 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 
You don't go out and have another child. You ain't taking care of the one you got now. You dodging child support now. Amen. Pay me in cash. No, don't give me a check. Pay me in cash. I ain't gonna be getting that woman all that money. She just using it up. It don't matter. It's your child. Right. You 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 done brought a kid here and you ain't taking care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> but see, we're talking about established responsibility. The last thing that process teaches you, unwavering trust. Unwavering trust. I learned to trust God unconditionally. Been through enough. I've learned to trust him. Unconditionally. God promises you something. And, you know, and you, you hold into the promise. It didn't, it didn't manifest. It didn't come to pass. Why I had to go through this process? Why I had to go through this process? I don't know. But whatever God's promised you, you can rest assured that it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. We don't understand everything. We don't understand why this happened and why that happened. But one thing for sure, God can't lie. Amen. And though the vision tarry, you wait on it because it will surely come to pass. It's not going to lie. It may look like it. At the end, it's going to speak. See, it just means you ain't at the end yet because it's going to speak. You don't throw the word away. Don't throw the word away. Let's look at the scripture, and, I want to, and I'm going to be done with this. I want to show you this in Daniel chapter 3. Unwavering trust. This is the time to learn to trust God. So, see, if I don't learn to trust God now, when I get to the place where I have more than enough, I start trusting my money. Why? Because you never learned to trust God. You'll start thinking your hand got you where you are rather than God's power. Now watch this, verse 16. Now this is the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. In other words, we don't even, we don't even see the point in answering you. They was talking about throwing them in the fire, remember that? We're going to throw you in the fire. And they turn the fire up seven times hotter. And so now they're getting ready to throw them in. And, and look, look at what they said. They said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is what? Able to deliver us where? What? Are y'all at verse 17? What did it say? From the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hands, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image you've set up. 
Now, folks, this is unwavering trust. We don't see, I want you to listen very carefully, because we don't see the unwavering trust because we miss what the Scripture is saying. This is unwavering trust at the max. Now, here is this fiery furnace, and the king has already decreed at the music, everything bows down and worship this golden image that I've set up. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no, they don't worship any other gods. God only do we serve. So the king gets word, and the king says, okay, you give him another chance. And he asked him, he said, what's this I hear? You guys are not going to buy. He said, king, we, we're not going to worship the golden image that you've set up. Well, I'm throwing you in the fire. And he says to him, they said to king, they said, they said king, we're not even going to answer you. He said, be it known, the God we serve, he will deliver us. Watch this now. He said, now you can throw us in the fire. God don't going to deliver, but if not, we're still not going to serve your God, and we're not going to worship the golden image that you've set up. See, we thought what they were saying, but if God don't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down. Well, if God don't deliver you, and you in that fire, I know you ain't going to bow down. Because you're going to be burned up. That's not what they, what they were saying is, they said, King, put us in the fire. We're not bowing down. God will deliver us. He said, you throw us in the fire, God's going to deliver. But if not, if you don't throw us in, we still ain't bowing. Don't think we're going to bow because we're scared of the fire. No, no, no. If, if you don't, if not, if you don't throw us in, we still ain't going to bow. This is unwavering trust. Men who are not willing to compromise their faith in God. You got to be a bad boy to tell the king, look, king, if you don't put us in that fire, we still ain't going to bow down. We're not worshiping that golden image you have set up. The king got highly upset, threw him in the fire. The Bible said the men that put him in the fire, the fire burned them up. And then they didn't just put him in the fire, but they, they tied him. They bound them and dropped them in the fire. And now God delivers them. The fourth man shows up in that fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many times he's been willing to show up in your fiery furnace, but you compromise and never get an opportunity to get in the fire to experience him as the God that can deliver you. And the Bible said they came out, nothing was burned on them. The ropes were burnt off. Folks, you know that's God. The ropes burn, yeah. burn off, yeah. but not a hair on their heads yes. was scarred. And the Bible said they didn't even smell like, like smoke. smoke. Yeah. Yeah. My God, yeah. What an awesome God we yeah. serve. Yeah. You, don't even, you don't even smell like crack cocaine today. You don't even smell like liquor no more. You don't even smell like cigarettes no more. Why? Because you trusted God to deliver you. 
Hallelujah. Your husband don't even smell like another woman's perfume no more. Why? Because you trusted God. You don't smell like poverty. You don't smell like broke. You don't smell like badly getting by. You don't smell like depression. You don't smell like anger anymore. You don't smell like anything. You just got the sweet fragrance of the Lord on you now. Why? Because you trusted God to deliver you. But that's what process does. Teaches you to trust God. Unwavering. That if I'm going to get out, God going to get me out. I ain't compromising. I ain't selling out. I'm trusting God all the way. Amen. And he will deliver you. As he always have, he will deliver you. Amen? Amen. So go on and go through. Because that's what you got to do to get through and get to the place that God has for you. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. (laughs) Hallelujah!